Welcome back to the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast. This is podcast number 12 from the Jesus Said That series, looking at every word Jesus spoke in the New Testament. Uh, today's podcast is entitled Jesus Preaches About the Kingdom in Galilee, mm-hmm. which is taken from Mark 4, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, Mark 1, Luke 4, and John 4. Uh, so excited to be back. Um, I've been struggling with sickness yeah. all of, what was that, March. I just yeah. went down for the count. Um, so we missed some recording time. We missed getting sermons up. So I'm really glad that I'm feeling much better, and it was no fun. Then I was supposed to preach on Palm Sunday, and I yeah. woke up with like vertigo and stuff. So I just tried to readjust my schedule, but I'm feeling great now. So back to recording, which I'm really enjoying, and it's good. Uh, we just came back from Easter. That's right. So had Holy Week, which really enjoyed a lot of work, yep. but really enjoyed it. Um, so it's been a good time. My oldest daughter just turned four. Wow. Um, my other daughter's about to turn three. Yeah. Um, my son just turned one. And congratulations, because uh, we have number four uh, in the All pipeline, the which yep. is very exciting. <laughs> so yeah. We'll be coming uh, around October, yeah, uh, September Lord. that time. So, yeah. how are you doing, Dad? Before we get started, I- I'm doing well. I'm I'm doing well. Loved being able to preach on Good Friday and Easter. I picked um, a passage from Hebrews uh, because you know we've talked about this. There are only so many accounts of Good Friday, so many accounts, and so kind of picking up uh, where someone's referring back to those things yeah. with the with the Hebrews. But I, I have to laugh because, you know, we're looking at a very brief passage, very but it reminds me of the um, young seminarian went to church. He was getting ready to sit down and then he goes, oh, no. The lady in the pew looks and says, young man, what's wrong? He goes, I just realized who's preaching today. It's my seminary professor, Mr. Boring. The lady pauses and she says, uh, young man, do you know who I am? He said, no. She said, I'm Mrs. Boring. <laughs> and then he's taken back and then he looks at her and he says, and, and by the way, ma'am, do you know who I am? And she said, Mrs. Boring said, no. He said, praise the Lord. <laughs> so good. this won't be boring, even though it's a short account, we promise. Yeah. yeah I, had, uh, I was teaching yesterday the junior church and- the computer, I put all my stuff on the cloud and then download it. Yeah. And it wasn't downloading there. And I was like, oh, no, but uh, it still worked out fine. But uh, thankfully, we know how to use your Bibles and don't need to rely on tech. That's but, right. Uh, that's right. And that's pretty good. So uh, let's let's just start looking at this. Jesus sure. is going to preach and announce God's kingdom. Yeah. We're going to see it's not a gentle announcement. It was an urgent call to embrace a radical new way of living, mm-hmm. to turn away from sin in our own kingdoms, to repent and submit to God's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much in the same way, we are given a radical call to embrace God's spiritual kingdom, which we now live in, mm-hmm. which includes loving enemies and rejoicing in the midst of trouble. Right. That doesn't make sense, but it's God's way. So we're going to look at Jesus's words. Um, and as we look at them as Christians, we need to examine our own lives and ask, have I changed my ways and embraced the kingdom of God? Now, to just be clear, in this context, Jesus is talking about the physical kingdom. Yeah, He's offering them the actual physical kingdom. We are living in the spiritual kingdom in this moment. So just uh, there is a difference, all right, just yeah. to make that clear. Uh, 
I, I was thinking about this passage, and this narrative is kind of like the top graham cracker on a s'more. Mm. Um, my daughters, they love s'mores, <laughs> and uh, we just had some with the good weather we were having. But it kind of reminded me of this because in podcast nine, we learned how that Jesus moved his ministry after John was arrested. And that was kind of like, you know, the bottom of the graham cracker. Mm-hmm. And then you have all the good stuff in podcast 10 and 11, which to me, the good stuff is the marshmallow and chocolate. That's right. And that was the whole story of Jesus and Samaria. Mm-hmm. And many people are saved, but uh, only John covers that event. Yeah. But that's kind of like the good stuff. And then you see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is kind of like the top of this graham cracker here, yeah. where we jump to today's where Jesus finally gets to Galilee and preaches about the kingdom. So uh, we touched on these words in podcast a couple podcasts ago, but uh, we're really going to look at them in a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what Jesus has to say. Yeah. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Right. So it's very, um, it's in all four gospels, but it's very short. So well, let's just jump into it. Yeah. Uh, John. 4:43 says after 2 days he left for Galilee. So this is referring to the 2 days after doing ministry in Samaria. Mm-hmm. So 2 days have passed he left from there. Mm-hmm. All right. It is important to remember how Jesus got to this point. Um I notice in America we tend to section off different Bible stories. Yes. We kind of remove them from their context and mm-hmm. we kind of do everything in a vacuum. Yeah. Feeding of the 5,000 or walking on the water. And we kind of miss the context of everything that is happening up to this point. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just see really quick uh, what has happened up sure. to this point. Uh, Jesus goes to be baptized by John mm-hmm. in the Jordan. Jesus goes into the desert to be tempted. Jesus goes back by John and calls Andrew, John, Simon, and possibly James, it appears. Yeah. Jesus travels to a wedding in Cana. And on his way, calls Philip and Nathaniel. He then does his first miracle. Mm-hmm. Jesus has a quick stay in Capernaum with his family. It looks like there's some trouble there. Yes. He separates. Jesus goes to Jerusalem for Passover, clears the temple, and talks with Nicodemus. Mm. Jesus preaches near John, and his disciples baptize many people. And then John is arrested. So finally, Jesus leaves Judea for Galilee, but goes through Samaria and leads a Samaritan woman and her town to salvation. And now that's right. he arrives in Galilee. He finally made it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I love Matthew and Mark. They just kind of like, he left when John was arrested, and they totally skipped totally. all that other. Because, right. I mean, yeah. they're inspired by the Holy Spirit, but maybe they didn't think their readers needed to know that. Yeah. So the text says, after two days, he left there for Galilee. Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. Mm. I think John is foreshadowing how Jesus's own people will reject and try yeah. to kill him. Yeah. It could also be a little nod to John. Yeah. I mean, his own king basically has arrested him, Herod, and is going to kill him. So when they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they had also gone to mm. the festival. It's interesting they, they welcome him because of his signs. That's right. Yeah, um, not because of his words. Do you have any comments on that? Or? Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I couldn't agree with you more because it's what they had seen. And it's bore out later on in the same passage in verse 48, because then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, 
you will by no means believe. And it's a very strong statement said later on uh, that we'll pick up in a, in a future account. But unless they see, mm-hmm. they're not going to believe. And when he says you will not believe, it's the strongest way. It's the Ume construction to say no way is this going yeah. to happen. So they're in the sight and it's not a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really quite sad, but yeah. at least this time he's welcomed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like when she gets, they're going to kill him soon or try to kill him. That's right. So nothing like going home and having people trying to kill you. Um, so they welcomed him. So now let's jump over to Matthew four mm-hmm. and see uh, this apostle's account. Yeah. So as we come to Matthew four, as I turn to Zephaniah, mm-hmm. uh, I started reading that. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, All right, so in Matthew 4, um, we are told why John is arrested, but let's first look at Mm 4.12, which says, when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and that kind of harkens back to podcast number nine, and then we can kind of jump ahead and later see why he was arrested. We see that it says later, I think it's Matthew 14, uh, for for Herod had arrested John, chained him and put him in prison on account of Herodias, uh, his brother Philip's wife, all the family. Yeah, that's right, yeah. (laughs) Since John had been telling him, it's not lawful for you to have her. Mm -hmm. Though Herod wanted to kill John, he feared the crowd, since they regarded John as a prophet. Yeah. So here's John, and the man has guts to go to Herod. Herod's a nut. Yeah. And he confronted him. Why? Because Herod, the leader of the Jews, was not obeying God's moral law. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been under the law of Moses, but here he is. He's obeying his sinful lust and married a woman who belonged yeah. to another man, yeah. a relative, which makes it worse. So John goes and confronts Herod, and it cost him his life. And I think also, and you'll probably agree with this, since the Gospels were written much later, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that these men are now elderly, yeah. Matthew, John, so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, as they write about these events, they're bringing in other kind of concepts sure. and topics yeah. into it. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because this is about the kingdom of God, and Herod's actions showed that this world system fights those in the kingdom of God. The world hates the light and does all it can to blow it out. Yeah. Um, he ends up killing John, but God's kingdom carries on. Uh, no one can stop. God's kingdom. It's um, a kingdom in conflict, and you can't get away from that. Uh, As these men, I'm sure, matured and they looked back, they really saw how influential uh, Satan is in this world system. I mean, in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies under the control of the wicked one. I mean, that's a lot of influence. And then even in Luke, and people, I think, miss this, when Satan tempts Jesus, he shows them all the kingdoms of the world in their glory, and he offers them to mm-hmm. Jesus and said, these things have been given to me. That's why it's so exciting to think how Jesus is encroaching uh, upon Satan's territory, and Satan isn't happy. But just one other illustration, uh, if I might, uh, as you work through the gospel, you can see Satan's influence, even how he tries to uh, take out key people. I mean, here's Peter. And Jesus asked a question, okay, guys, to his disciples, who am I? Oh, Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus applauds, says, Peter, my father showed this to you. Moments later, after Jesus announces that he's going to uh, build his church, future tense verb, what does Peter do? He, he rebukes Jesus, says, you're not going to the cross because Jesus just announced that he was. 
And what does Jesus have to say? Get behind me, Satan. So we really see how Satan just works through certain people yeah. like Herod, but he hates those that are doing the work of ministry. Yeah. That's why it's important to pray for protection. That's right. Um, even in the disciples' prayer. That's right. That's a big part. That's right. Of it. Yeah. And I've always felt that um, spiritual warfare is something where we have a very limited scope of. Um, Mm-hmm. But we know Satan is limited yeah. in the sense that he can't be everywhere at once. That's right. He's not God. He's created. And uh, he only has so many uh, spiritual forces with him. That's right. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I always kind of wonder it during the time of Jesus if a lot of those forces were focused yeah. in Israel because it was such a big deal. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like... You know, people are always like, we're going to stop Satan. We're going to do all this. And I, it's like, I don't think Satan's probably bothering with little old you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he probably has forces that are messing with you. But yeah. he, I think he's going directly here yeah. at uh, Jesus, we know. And uh, it was very focused at that time. So not to underestimate the power of the devil at all, mm-hmm. but uh, we shouldn't be scared at the same time. But I think there was probably a lot uh, concentrated attacks in this area at this time. I fully agree. Satan seems territorial. Yeah. Uh, as I'm working through the book of Ephesians with a project right now, in chapter six, it's the spiritual mafia. He, mm. you know, he has principalities, powers, they're all organized. Wouldn't this be a key battleground right here? And everywhere Jesus goes, I mean, there's people possessed, there's this, there's that. That's, it's obvious that this oh. becomes a prime battleground. Oh. So I, I think you nail it. Yeah. So then. Um, Herod, we see in the future, because it hasn't happened yet in there, mm-hmm. uh, where we're at in the life of Jesus, but he will kill John. So as we come back uh, to Matthew 4, uh, once again, we see that Matthew just totally skips over the Samaritan thing. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, and I, I know I say this a lot, but it's important to stress, he is very topical. Yeah. So in our next verse, mm-hmm. Matthew is going to start explaining yeah. how Jesus moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. That's right. But uh, he totally doesn't go into the whole detail how they uh, were trying to kill him. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just like he moved to fulfill this prophecy where he's kind of skipping the whole thing, you know, there. Mm-hmm. He tried to throw him off a cliff yeah. at that point. That's right. So um, it's just kind of good to know that when you're doing your Bible reading, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're, when you're mm-hmm. jumping around, mm-hmm. um, just notice that a lot of things are topical. That's right. That's not a chronological. And that's why. We try to put it together chronologically exactly. best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, let's now jump to the book of Mark mm-hmm. and Mark's gospel. I mean, I feel like we covered so much already, and we're still just in Mark chapter 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, it says in Mark 1, 14, after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Yeah. So, and this is obviously the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't see this in our English text, but John Mark wrote that John was delivered or handed over. Yeah. So when we see John was arrested, it's basically they took him and handed him over. Yeah. And this would be the same kind of language used when Jesus was arrested. Yeah. Both of these cousins would be executed for fulfilling their God-given role. Uh, one would One's role was to prepare the people to meet the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. um, and the other would die as a sacrifice to save mankind. Both would be given over, and uh, both would die because yeah. of the good news of the kingdom yeah. that the world wasn't ready for. Thankfully for us, it wasn't ready for. But uh, those men would both be killed for that. You draw an excellent parallel. I, I, I think that's exactly what is going on here 
And I love how you capture that with both John and, and Jesus, because in the same book, in Mark 3, uh, over in verse 19, there's a reference to Judas handing over. Mm. Uh, it's the same idea here, um, betraying, handing over uh, the Lord Jesus. And you, you see the two working with the same mind of God, one to forerunner, one to one who fulfills, but um, there they endure a lot of similarities. Yeah. So uh, what was the good news that they preached? And this is uh, fifth, verse 15. Mm-hmm. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Yeah. Repent and believe the good news. Yeah. Um, I believe the time is fulfilled points to the fulfillment of Old Testament promises, mm-hmm. at least with the Messiah coming. That's right. Because uh, technically, we know from a prophecy standpoint that the people would reject Jesus because mm-hmm. um, that was already prophesied. But in the same time, the people, in a sense, were offered the kingdom, and they could have accepted Jesus as king. It's kind of like a what-if scenario. Mm-hmm. But um, so he's saying, hey, the time is fulfilled. It's now. Yeah. You know, repent. The kingdom. Uh, believe. So uh, God himself in human form had come to offer the kingdom to his people, Israel. He would teach his people how to live in mm-hmm. the spiritual kingdom of God and would offer them the physical kingdom. But sadly, most of the nation would reject both. Because of the rejection, we are living in the spiritual kingdom and are still waiting for his return to set up the physical kingdom. But uh, he told people to repent of their sin and believe the good news of the kingdom. Basically, turn away from all your sin, just reject all that, yep. um, and you know, embrace, embrace the kingdom. It's coming. Um, and I just have a note here. Uh, if you are listening and you are not born again, you are not a Christian, I, I really ask you to take Jesus's words mm-hmm. and believe his message and be saved, yeah. and, and then you'll become part of his kingdom. Yeah. So um, there, the, it's very powerful words he's saying. It's simple, but turn away from your sin, believe the good news. And uh, it was too good for the people to believe, many of them. So um, the, the parallelism is, is intriguing. Uh, you have two declarations, two commands. The time is fulfilled. I totally agree. I believe it has to deal with Jesus's first coming mm-hmm. in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son, Galatians 4, 4. And then the kingdom of God has come near. There's a genuine offer. But after the two declarations, repent, going back from their sins, but it, repentance isn't enough alone to save yeah, you. So you have the belief. So the second command is is believe. And it's it's what Jesus came to do. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we need to parallel that message. You know, it's not the gospel of the kingdom because we're not offering the kingdom of God per se, the physical kingdom, but to believe on Christ is certainly to enter that spiritual, spiritual kingdom. kingdom. With yeah. the promise of the future of the, exactly. of the physical, That's which right. is important. People get very kind of crazy between those two. Yes, <laughs> they do. You know, we're not going to bring the kingdom down. We can't, we can't do that. Jesus will return yeah. in his time. Yeah. And But uh, yeah, it's important. Once you understand, I actually did a short video in my... I'll give a little shout out to my channel, Theology for Everyday Life. Sure. I did a little video on what is the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and just explained. Uh, maybe I'll link that at the end of this video. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's important to understand those concepts because once you understand those concepts, yeah. Jesus' words make so much sense. That's right. Because I hear so many people say, oh, we don't need to apply the Sermon on the Mount or we don't need to take these principles. That was, mm-hmm. to, that was to the Jews, not the church. Right. But it's like Jesus is talking about the spiritual kingdom. Uh, you know, these principles are timeless. That's right. Loving neighbors, giving, helping. Um, right. So 
if we don't understand that he's talking kingdom principles, mm-hmm. we miss out on so much. That's right. Um, we might as well just stick in the Old Testament and say, you know, it was just yeah. for the Jews, uh, which yeah. would be foolishness. Mm-hmm. We're going to then jump to Luke 4 and just finish up the, the short account, really just saying how Jesus moved mm-hmm. um, to Galilee. And uh, I always want to make it clear, I, as I teach the young adults, Galilee's just a region. Yeah. You know, uh, Nazareth's there, other towns are there. Yep. So here he's coming and preaching. And uh, it says in verse 14, Luke 4, 14, Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and good news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being praised by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> this is a rare time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, once the people understood Jesus' message, the people of Nazareth will try to throw him off a cliff and yeah. kill him. They love his signs. Uh, probably a lot of them love the concept of the kingdom. Right. But once he starts defining what it is, uh, it was too great for them to understand. Mm. Uh, in the same way today, many people want signs and wonders, mm-hmm. but reject Jesus' teachings. I see this in so many churches. People want the signs. They want all the good feeling, the good vibes. But uh, there's very little teaching and understanding of the word. There's an abuse of the ministry of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the Spirit, particularly in Luke's gospel, because it's on the humanity of Christ, back in one, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's controlled by the Holy Spirit. He's also led by the Spirit. So the Spirit is uh, producing a strength in him. It's given him guidance, the to, to ability not to submit to temptation. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of preaching on that. And then as you come through uh, and you look at the account down in 4.14, how does Jesus return in the power of the Spirit? And then in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I mean, why don't we have more emphasis upon the Spirit's ministry to energize us just to proclaim the good news? Because that's the emphasis for people to be saved and all all these secondary signs and wonders that are are being touted today. So because, the Spirit's ministry is just prevalent. Well, yeah. Because when you do that, you get rejected. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that context doesn't say that. Or, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's not Christian love. Yeah. And I mean, that's why they're going to kill Jesus. They loved his signs. If Jesus truly had a sign ministry, Yeah. he would have been loved. Mm. Um, he would have had all of Israel if all he did was heal the sick. And that's right. Yeah. <laughs> raise the dead and mm-hmm. feed the hungry. Yeah. But uh, his was mostly a teaching ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's in God's providence what got him killed. Yeah. So uh, let's wrap up today's uh, short passage. Sure. So let's, as I say, not beat a horse. Uh, <laughs> you have heard sermons, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully not done any, but where it's like a couple verses and uh, it just goes on for like an hour and 30 Five minutes, and like <laughs> four, three hours. <laughs> I know. And, uh <laughs> So uh, Jesus preached, and I only have one uh, main employment point as mm-hmm. we look at this and as we kind of sums it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get three points out of this. That's right. Good I, for I, you. I want to try because uh, it's just a couple verses. That's right. So Jesus preached the kingdom is near. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus the king taught the people that the kingdom of God was coming. Yeah. After all, Jesus the king was there. And he was offering them the kingdom. It was his to offer. And that's why it's near. That's right. He's the king. He's the king. His kingdom can't be that's too right. far off. Mm. Uh, Jesus's message was not a simple moral message. Mm. It was a proclamation. The kingdom is coming. Mm-hmm. A new radical way of life is coming. 
And he's saying, change your ways now. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Believe. Mm. Um, Many would reject it. Uh, Jesus is called to repentance and belief is urgent. It tells us to turn away from sin, self-centeredness, and worldly pursuits, and instead align our hearts, mind, and actions with God's will and the kingdom of God. Jesus' message emphasizes that the kingdom of God is not to be postponed or taken lightly, but demands a response here and now. Um, so I think people miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I We've talked about in the past, but so many people put you know so much emphasis on just repent, repent, repent. And yes, you need to say, hey, I'm a sinner. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that repentance and belief kind of goes hand in hand. Absolutely. I'm a sinner. I mm-hmm. need a savior. Because I don't think you can approach Jesus and say, I'm such a good person, and yeah, I need a savior. Right. They they don't, that just doesn't mesh. Right. Where um, we have to be very careful that we don't make it a work. Uh, a lot of people think you have to go out and renounce all these things or do something before you can come to Christ. Because then it's how much repentance? Yes. Yeah. And, and give me the issues you have to repent over. Yeah. Generally speaking, repentance was he needed to get the right mindset. Yeah concerning who Jesus Christ is. Oh. Yes, he's coming to offer the kingdom, but he's the savior of the world. And if you have wrong thinking concerning who he is and why he's come, then you're going to have a hard time accepting his oh. message. And yeah. and I think they're kind of a package deal. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, I, I think it's safe because you don't want to say, in a sense, just believe. So then you have the arrogant person says, oh, I'll just kind of take it as fire insurance, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty good on my own. Yeah. Where I think the repentance and belief is just kind of mingled. (laughs) I think it's together. I mean, I think of the guy on the cross. He says, you know, stop mocking this man, you know, think of me when you're in your kingdom. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't look at him and say, repent of your crimes on the cross, you know. Um, Exactly. He understood the man. He understood. He's he's saying, hey, you know, I believe you're Messiah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he had nothing. uh, He didn't understand all of Jesus's teachings, we doubt. He just had that faith and had the humility to say that right. Right? he was saved. Mm. So um, I, I just think that's an important thing to stress. Um, don't overemphasize too much of one thing. That's right. But, you know, change your way, believe. Yeah. So a uh, question I need to ask myself, have I embraced King Jesus and have I radically changed my life in order to please him? Do I daily repent of my sin and seek mm-hmm. to please the one who saved me? If not, I need to repent and surrender my will and emotions to glorify my king. You know, I find more as a Christian, I find myself repenting a lot yeah. because I know how my God wants me to live, yeah. being knowing his word, and I repent all the time. I do something wrong. It's like, yeah. Father, I'm sorry, <laughs> you yeah. know, and uh, I have to, I do it daily, and it's a good thing because I want to obey him. I want to mm-hmm. please him. Mm. So thought. Am I living like a child of the king and sharing the news of his kingdom? Or am I so wrapped up in my own kingdom that I don't have time for God's kingdom? How am I pursuing his kingdom? What impact did I make last week for the kingdom? You know, we shouldn't procrastinate. We shouldn't say, hey, I'll do it later. We need to focus on it now. Mm. Um, Before we end, any last thoughts, sir? No, I believe um, what you've summed up here is great. As children of God, we often have to repent. I mean, Paul's writing to the saints, the brethren at Rome, and he says, hey, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Then he says right after that, 
don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought to think, but to think soberly is again. Yeah. So we always are called yeah, to repent of our pride and our our, our wickedness in different ways. Uh, but we need to make sure that our hearts are right with God. And not only have we entered into the kingdom by believing on Jesus who died for our sin and was raised from the dead, but then have a life that bears fruit because we're truly just walking in the power of the spirit. We're just here to serve him and to do his will and then to bring as many people as possible uh, into the kingdom. We need to sow the seed of the word of God and trust God for for great things. Uh, So uh, that's why I think... uh... I see many witnessing encounters that people think then they have to go do something yeah. if we're not careful. That's right. That they have to go and before they come to Christ, they have to clean house where we tell people, you know, that's after you're saved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, if you have a drug addiction, you don't have to go and clean yourself up and then say, okay, now Jesus will have me. Or if you're in a bad relationship, a lot of times you just need to come to Christ and then it's the conviction. Then you're living by his word, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I need to clean up my act now since I have the spirit in me. I'm convicted. I realize my sin. Um, so, yeah. But that was a podcast number 12. Jesus preaches about the kingdom in Galilee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping this was a blessing yeah. and that uh, many of you enjoyed listening and are challenged and you're mm-hmm. thinking about it. Uh, please leave comments. Uh, we love comments. Yeah. We'll respond to them as long as you're not nasty or yeah. <laughs> cursing us out or anything. <laughs> so we have some of those. Um, we've had some interesting comments in sure the past. Uh, one, how Paul was the Antichrist, <laughs> but that was a different one. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please. And uh, feel free to ask any questions you have on this passage. Mm-hmm. We, like I said, we enjoy hearing from people. Yeah. Um, both of us are pastors. We take care of our congregation first, but we enjoy hearing from people um, around the world in the Church of God. So, all right, we'll see you next time. Take care.